0: To innovate in logistics is not only the job from startups, it's the job of the established players also. And we have a lot of established players that also innovate, but it's not in the media because they do not raise money. They do not do okay. pilots and then say, let's look, there's a pilot. They do it even if you do not mention names. You have several players in Europe that have several hundred warehouses. Take, for example, you have you test, try out something in one warehouse, it runs good, not in the median, nowhere, and the rollout brings this technology only in the system of this one large logistics service provider, and then you have 100 locations with a new and innovative approach.
1: You are listening to the Future Proof Operations podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving, and the work that happens on the frontline is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence and future proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Martin, welcome to the future proof operations podcast. Hi, Benjamin, thanks for having me. Great to have you in the podcast. Could you give me a short overview of who you are and what you are doing?
0: Okay, so my name is Martin Schwemmer and I always introduce myself as a logistics expert and my professional hobby horse are the players of logistics, be it logistics service providers or these companies that help logistics service providers to deliver a good service, meaning first tiers, for example producers of vehicles or service providers that help logistic service providers to enhance their services regarding visibility, data usage, utilization, and some words more on my professional background. I was more than 12 years at Fraunhofer, which is a large research organization in Germany, and I dug very deep into the structures of the markets, which different services are there, which players are there. What are key performance indicators of those companies and firms and which are trends and challenges in that sector? And I did my PhD on startups in logistics because I'm interested
1: to get to know or find out how innovation works in logistics. You already mentioned that you are an expert in logistics. How did you find that passion? Was it from the beginning of your professional life or was it a step-by-step thing? I think it was a
0: step-by-step thing. I was at university back in the days in two thousand four five. I began my studies and became acquainted to Professor Peter Klaus, which is in Germany quite a relevant person in the logistics field and the academic field. And so my passion started there. I think it's attributable to him. At least to some degree that I started to go deeper into logistics and then started to work together with him at the Fraunhofer Institute where I started to work was led by him also and I was introduced more and more to the logistics field and area and never
1: came out again. Awesome. yeah today we want to talk about logistics and we want to get an overview of how logistics works. We want to talk about innovation in logistics and we want to understand how the role of the worker or the role of the workforce is currently and probably how it will evolve in future. So talking about the future vision of logistics as well. So let's start at the beginning to start with an overview. In a nutshell, how would you describe how the logistics industry is working in general? How do the logistics companies generate revenue for somebody who is not an expert? (laughs) Yeah, maybe I get back to what we did at Fraunhofer because each
0: year we brought forth a study which is named the top 100 in logistics. And it was (laughs) a study... A rather thick book, about 500 or even more pages that did that. To explain what is logistics, so first and foremost, logistics is a quite large sector. Alone in Germany, uh, more than 300 billion euros of transaction volume and more than 3 million people which are employed and fulfill logistics tasks and how to get revenues generated. Logistics is everything that has to do with transport transshipment, and warehousing, stock keeping. So this is the most generic definition of logistics ever. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? We differentiate the logistics market in more than 10 segments. And among them are, for example, parcel transport. When you order something and receive it at your doorstep, then parcel services are the ones that deliver the stuff. Then you have other, you have air freight, you have sea freight, you have transport by trucks, lorries. In different weight segments, this is a full truck load. If you have a truck full of load, then this is a full truck load segment. And if you have some pallets, it's less than truck load. And these are all specific market segments, which in general have encounter the same trends or challenges, but each of them has their specific needs and also challenges, but also opportunities. So in general, you generate revenue in the logistics segment with transport or with warehousing, and it goes that deep that you look at how integrated you can work together with your partner. So, if you do more than just the transportation job, then it's better for your company because you have more secure orders that you will work together with a partner, maybe for longer than just one transport, and that you do more value adding services, meaning helping him in the warehouse to pick, pack, or do returns of goods and do everything that's necessary to handle the goods properly.
1: When I think about the current state of logistics on the one hand side, I think about e-commerce, for example, and I know that it's growing and there is more and more transportation needed. And on the other hand side, I hear about inflation and everything is getting more and more expensive. And this is a problem for transportation as well. How would you describe the current state of logistics industry?
0: Of course, we all always have a lot of trends. Logistics business is known as low profit margins, though so the cost pressure is high. You have an industry that has to some degree is asset heavy. So you need to transport goods. You need a ship. You need an aircraft. You need a truck and you need warehouses. These are asset heavy and you, you need to utilize this capacity that you have. And so, this is the reason why we have cost pressure. And along the supply chains, we have the need to become more sustainable. This is one large mega trend, not only this year, but also in the coming years. And it was also five or 10 years ago. And then we are digitalizing along the supply chains. This is a large trend. The supply chains need to become more resilient due to influences like the Ever Given. Maybe the audience doesn't know that, but the Ever Given was a ship that got stuck in the Mm -hmm. Suez Canal. And this congestion in this world container liner traffic was really a problem along the supply chains. Supply chains got disrupted. Goods did not come through from Asia to Europe. And it was a cascading effect around the globe just because one ship was stuck in the Suez Canal. And this was at a time when we had problems due to Corona, when we had lockdown scenarios where harbors did not get out things or did not work and did not delete ships, meaning did not load or unload ships. And what we saw there, we had disrupted supply chains, things didn't get through, and several measures to become more resilient needed to be found. For example, to make more transparent, where is your load? to even know what's happening. And we have quite some potential to lift there because the global supply chains are not that visible. Uh And so these are four or five major trends. Then we have a lack of skilled labor and we have particular trends coming with digitalization. So we also need to have an eye on cybersecurity because we got attacked and the logistics and supply chain management field also. And yeah, then maybe we
1: have problems when you are not able
0: to prevent
1: from cyber attacks. When we stick with the first challenge that you mentioned, that there's a big cost pressure in the whole logistics industry. And on the other hand side, you say, okay, there are operational things which needs to be solved. You mentioned the Ever Given, for example, and that there have been a lot of shipments stuck in the Suez Canal and we have sustainability We have digitalization, so there is a big backlog of things which need to be solved. And on the other hand side, we have that cost pressure problem. So how is the logistics industry now tackling that? Which strategy does the industry have to solve that step by step?
0: This is really a huge problem because Mm -hmm. of cost pressure. You do not have the loads of money to invest as maybe there in other areas of the economy, but you have the need to digitalize more. You have a huge pressure. Because your skilled labor lacks. And so you have to keep up your capacity and your quality, but with less people. You need to digitalize. You need to automatize and to help your workforce to bring forth the work or to have this efficiency that you need. But it is quite dense. The companies, they need to have a good eye on if what they are about to digitalize really works. Because... They cannot afford to digitalize, to test something or try something out. They have to work in a field that's running day by day. And logistics usually is running 365 days along the year. There's no possibility to to do pilots in silence and test it out. So some companies can do that. The, The larger ones are better in doing that as the smaller ones are. So this is really a problem. And... What comes also as a hurdle is that if you think about digitalizing a whole system, then the logistic system is a combination of many companies working together as a network. And it doesn't make sense for one company in this network to digitalize itself. If you digitalize yourself just alone, nothing will change. So you need to find the right steps to go forward. And there are different possibilities to do that. So maybe if you have a warehouse, you use a new technology and you can do that in this warehouse. So this works quite for itself and you do not have to look on others. But if you want to really digitalize and collaborate with other means and tools, then you need others and partners that do the same steps. Uh, Mm -hmm. And these are quite some problems there to really get something going. But it it is getting better because there are a lot of helpers around the logistics industry, also from startups, and I think we are talking about them also later, that have ideas how to solve problems and
1: how to help. Very interesting. Oftentimes, I talk with people from manufacturing and from the factory floor, so like a plant manager, for example, and when we talk about innovation within the factory, the proof of concept, for example, is a big thing. So I hear that a lot of times that things are being tested with proof of concepts. And you said that it's very hard to do that kind of proof of concept philosophy in logistics because everything needs to be up running all the time. When it comes to connectivity, this is important in the factory as well, but more focusing on the factory and not on the network effect. Yeah, like you mentioned that there yeah. probably different... Providers or vendors needs to be connected in the logistics. Maybe two things that that come
0: to my mind when you say that. So for a producing company, it's much more easy to have some investments to get started because each manufacturing company has a research and development budget and logistics companies as service providers do not have this kind of money in their structure of the company. So this is one thing and it's more easy for producers which have their closed shop or closed system to automatize or digitize their system because they are independent, mostly independent or more independent than a network-oriented system like logistics is. So more independent and can get things going a little bit more easy.
1: This is a great segue already. You talked about innovation, about research and development, budget. Let's talk about innovation. Which role do startups play in the logistics industry and if and how do they help to bring innovations into that industry?
0: So the landscape of startups that want to innovate logistics, I would say they are a mosaic that has bricks that will fall out, but there are also bricks that will get bigger and larger and Mm -hmm. colors will change. But looking at these uh, companies that are there from the startups landscape is like a look, a view into the future of what logistics may be. In Germany or in the German-speaking area of Europe, the Dach region, I have about 500 companies that are mainly doing or enabling services or oriented towards logistics and supply chain management. Mm -hmm. So these are quite a thing. And have very interesting use cases and what's interesting in startups is that they do not need, of course, they need money, but they do not need the money of the logistics industry in general. They build use cases and try them out and they find out if it works or if it does not work by investors' money. And of course, investors' money is maybe more easy to get as money from an industry which has very low margins. But how you get money as a startup is a completely other topic. Let's not get into there because then the time is over. But we have around 500 companies from the logistics startup landscape. Alone in Germany, we have about 70,000 companies that fulfill logistics services. So this ratio is quite on the side of the established logistics service providers industry. And these 70,000 companies are only those that... Fulfill logistics, transportation and warehousing. If you think of logistics like maybe BASF or Siemens or Bosch, they all or Amazon is not in that number of 70,000 companies because these are retail companies or original equipment manufacturers. These are first tiers. And so... If you round it up, then you have more than 100,000 companies from the established field that are really deep into logistics and supply chain management. And if you think then about what could be the thing that these, the startups can bring in and also the established players can bring in. So we need the established players, of course, to bring forth logistics innovations. But we have the startups, on the other hand, which have these colorful marketing and have colorful pages and have also good ideas. But on the other hand, we have a lot of companies that it doesn't help if there are 10 or 20 or hundred startups with good ideas. We need the, the established players to also go forward because as I said, we have a network of companies and it doesn't make sense if several players
1: make progress and the others get lagged behind. Mm-hmm. So as um, I understand you, there would need to be much, much more startups. When you compare the numbers, you say, okay, there's a big bunch of established companies. And from your perspective, there need to be more startups?
0: Not necessarily.
1: What I say is that to innovate
0: in logistics is not only the job from startups, it's the job Mm -hmm. of the established players also. And we have a lot of established players that also innovate. But it's not in the media because they do not raise money. They do not do pilots and then say, "Let's look, there's a pilot they do it even if you do not mention names you have several players in Europe that have several hundred warehouses take for example if you have you test try out something in one warehouse it runs good not in the median nowhere and the rollout brings this technology only in the system of this one large logistics service provider and then you have 100 locations with a new and innovative approach within one company and this is not in the media. Maybe it's tenders or the company then makes it open towards possible customers and says, hey, see, we just introduced system and maybe we had a partner from a startup or what we did just need it. We just bought autostore or whatever and then introduced it, stacked it up, scaled it a little bit within our system and now are much more productive in a way that you would profit from. Innovation takes place, not only at startups, and this is the good thing. And the 70,000 and even more companies are doing things. That's my message.
1: Okay, understood. Before we go to the workforce and the role of the workers, let's stick with the technology for one more moment. So what are the most promising new technologies or innovations that you see in logistics industry? As logistics is
0: large, you need to differentiate I'm quite interested in everything that makes visible things along supply chains. So you have a bunch of companies that address services towards making visible, make or create or an ETA, which is, this is a tag named estimated time of arrival. So this is a figure that's quite relevant for everybody that receives goods or sends out goods because he needs to have transparency where it is, what's happening to it. If you think about the Ever Given incident that we were talking about, a lot of companies did not know where their goods are. Did they get through and will be there in Hamburg maybe a week later, or will they get through four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks later? And for producing companies, this is a no-go because you need to have Mm -hmm. transparency where your goods are. And so... Maybe Project 44, some know what they are doing. They try to bring forth that visibility. You have other companies like Shippeo, Forkites, or TradeLink to some degree. They all want to bring forth transparency. This is very interesting from this network perspective. Then you have a lot of companies that are active in the urban logistics field. So how to get to your ultimate customer, which is the person at its house door
1: last mile to the customer, yes, which is yeah, the hardest yeah. one. Okay. Yes,
0: the la- last mile, which has a lot of challenges being the, the most expensive part of the logistics supply chain. So in, in that field with robotics or even drones or concepts, how to, to reach your ultimate customer or to get things back from them when you think about sustainability and how, which concepts you could use so that you do not have to throw things away back so that you can exchange those goods. And then you have the field of warehousing with also, how's it called, inventory or systems that handle your goods or analytics processes and forklift and camera sensors to create data on where is something, how large is it from volume to get figures about the, the actual size of goods. This is a huge topic, the, the actual weight of things. And to get better in handling those goods. Or completely automatized systems like maybe an auto store or noise or some others, which have solutions to completely automatize your warehouse. These are maybe three. And and there are much, much more systems, but these three are a bit more interesting than
1: others, uh, maybe to me. Awesome. So there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of innovation been happening, as I understand. In our preparation call, we already talked a little bit more about the automation of the warehouse itself. And I would like to focus on that a little bit and connect it to the workforce and the workers within the warehouse. There are prominent advertisements in TV where a big e-commerce company is talking about their warehouse and they show the workers and they say that they are very happy and they like to work in the warehouse. And I think for myself, okay, this is great on the one hand side, but how will that develop? And as you mentioned, there is a lot of stuff going on, which is going into the direction of automation in the warehouse. I would like to understand how you foresee the role of the workforce in logistics, but probably you can focus on the warehouse itself. And will the world change? Will it be a supportive technology or at some point an autonomous warehouse in the end? I think in the end, there will to some degree be mostly
0: automatized warehouses, but not in every case. So it depends on the use case. And if you think about a warehouse in the sense of maybe this is a house where you have 100 employees doing stuff so that a good logistics solution, the good stock management is done and carried out there. Then maybe five or 10 years ago, you had these 100 people that do this, fulfill these services. Even right now, we have to some degree supportive systems. We have better solutions to help people Picking and packing, maybe supported by vision or supported by gloves that help them pick things. And so you are productive, like maybe 100 people with 90 people. Or you need to be that productive because you do not get the workers. People are not interested to do that work if they could do other work. And this is an advertisement campaign that you are talking about. Unfortunately, the job is not that lucrative or that attractive. So you need to make an image campaign say, okay, the wages get increased, we have a very good image, we have a good culture and all these things to get people there that are hard to find. And Mm -hmm. go some years into the future, then we will have warehouses that do not need 100 people, but they do need 50 people or even 20 people, but have the same output and at least also important the same quality, meaning the error ratio, mispicked or yeah. wrong picks, is okay. even better compared to human workforce. And the output needs to be there because you cannot be sure that you have the workforce. People that you need might need to have your capacity and output like in the past. And there comes in the need to automatize more and more. And I always say the future is not equally distributed. We will have warehouses, which mainly are driven by people, by humans, even in 10 or 20 years. But beginning maybe in 5 or 10 or 15 years, there will be a lot more warehouses that are really fully automatized and not near. least would only need some operators to get things going combined with a completely different job profile of those people that work there because you won't have to do your own picks, but you have to have the systems and you have maybe a control tower where you have cameras and, and have everything and you see the steps and you have to plan and you keep the things going and an operator there. But also in many cases supported by people. It will depend on the goods, for example an auto store has boxes which have a certain size and they won't work with the bicycle but they work with some parts of a supply chain and then you have for the larger part of the supply chain you have other partners or another area in the same warehouse so that you build the solution and more and more modules of this complete solution will be automatized and i'm not a friend for saying okay auto store will be it. Autostore is one of the first things that come to our mind because they already got invested more than a billion euros uh, since, since some years, and they are quite large, not a, a real startup at the moment. And But then for smaller parts, maybe you have things like noyes and for other parts, you have a service provider or, or solution provider X, Y, Z. And this will be a combination of
1: things that need to be in place in the future to get mm-hmm. things done. Yeah. So as I understand you, innovation, automation, it's not a threat for the industry, but it's a solution. And at the beginning of the episode, you talked about talent shortage as well as a challenge Mm -hmm. and automation, for example, can be a solution to, of course, to help you.
0: When we go through trends in logistics, we always say, okay, you have digitalization as a trend, then you have lack of skilled labor as a trend. So these are intertwined because digitalization could be the solution to this lack of skilled labor. And you also have pressure from the lack of skilled labor. You do not have guys or ladies work for you. So you need to digitalize. And among digitalization, it's a huge buzzword, but everything is in the digital, less paperwork, paperless and also automated warehouses and artificial intelligence and things like that.
1: Martin, unfortunately, we are already coming to the end of the podcast. And in the end, I want to get your vision about the logistics industry. So I know it's a hard question, but in a nutshell, what is your vision for the logistics industry when you think of 10 years from now? How would it look like? A logistics industry has always in the minds of managers
0: is a cost factor. And so my wish for the I, I just come up with a wish, not with a okay. solution maybe, but, but my wish for logistics industry would be that we switch a little this paradigm from it's a cost factor towards it's a value-adding solution, a value-adding mm-hmm. step in our supply chains. And we had small steps towards this direction as we saw during Corona with disrupted supply chains that logistics is the helper that helps solve these problems. It's not the reason why we have disrupted supply chains. So to shift this perception of logistics as a cost factor, because you just think about a, a value-adding position, you think completely different than a cost factor. It's If it's a cost factor, you always, the first thing that comes to your mind, oh, cost, reduce costs. Mm-hmm. If you see it, it as a value-adding factor, then you maybe think about an investment. And not as a cost. It's an investment to better things. And it's not a cost that needs to be tackled or minimized. So this is my idea. And hopefully logistics is not only as a dependent from people seeing it as a value-adding step, but is also a solution provider which is able to position itself into that direction. Being a good service and solution provider to others that have supply chains that need to be handled and goods that need to be handled and who fulfills this to a very good, ideal, or perfect degree. And then we are partnering out everybody with everybody else and we build better
1: networks. Martin, thanks a lot for the interview. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Benjamin, for having me. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.